Welcome to This Week in Jacksonville Business Edition. I'm Kent Justice. This podcast focuses on economic development in the River City and really in our region. And joining me today, I'm really excited about this, Michael Corrigan from Visit Jacksonville, Alan Verlander, owner of Airstream Ventures. And really what I want to talk about is sports tourism for our area. Uh, Michael, if you just start, briefly explain your role, president and CEO, and what Visit Jacksonville does. Sure, Kent. Great to be here. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Um, Visit Jacksonville is the tourism authority for the city of Jacksonville. We have a contract with the Tourist Development Authority to oversee all tourism activities, which include obviously welcoming any tourist that comes to town, but primarily attracting groups and conferences to come to town. We also market Jacksonville to destinations around the world, primarily in the United States, but around the world. And then the third one is we run the visitor center. So if you land at the airport and come down the escalator, or if you come downtown to the visitor center, if you go to the Beaches Museum, we have a visitor center there. So everything tourism, we're, we're involved in it. And so on the specific part of sports tourism, Alan, let me bring you in. You've got uh, this experience in college athletics, uh, working with cities. Tell me about Airstream Ventures, and uh, then we'll connect this all together and dive deeper. Yeah, I mean, we started in 18, which is a great time to start, you know, an events company, right? I mean, we, we had this little pandemic come in, right. but I think once we got through that, we realized that sports tourism is extremely important to communities. With Airstream Ventures right now, we're doing events all over the country and bringing them um, to different partners, but we work with Visit Jacksonville a lot in bringing different events here because it's such an important mechanism. I think coming out of COVID especially, Sports tourism is even getting uh, more important to communities uh, because maybe less business travel. So we're going to need to really focus on that weekend travel, which is sports tourism. Yeah. So this is kind of free for all conversation. Let's just dive into it. What's the benefit uh, to a community of having sporting events? Is is it uh, is there an economic driver? Is it, hey, the city gets a shot of self-esteem, we've got this event, or we've got this sports team? Is it both of those things? It, yes, it's both of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, th- there's also obviously the marquee sports events that you come that we can all think about. If I told anybody listening to the podcast, name three sporting events, they pick three. Obviously, Jaguars would be one of those three that you pick, but there's so much more to it than that. There's everything from, from Little League all the way through senior sports and, and tra- traditional sports and also sports that you never even thought about really being sports and those all um, merge together to do um, to create a huge economic engine um, probably the biggest difference in sports tourism and, and much of tourism it's extremely competitive it's not just if you have an idea in a venue that they're going to come here um, you've got to really put on your best game in order to be able to attract those any type of sporting event to your community so, so one of those big events that i would think of is florida georgia every year uh, the gator bowl and, and the gator bowl just recently that was one of the reasons i thought this is a good time to talk about this alan i know you worked with gator bowl you're a key figure a key leader for the gator bowl for a while uh, what makes that a success is it the teams put on a good show? Are there other things that surround it? What makes that important for Jacksonville? Oh, I mean, the Gator Bowl was started in the 40s as a tourism initiative by the leaders because in between Christmas and New Year's was so dead in the hotels and the tourism industry. And so now, fast forward 77 years later, they had another successful game. Um, you look at the fans. Uh, our offices are down around there. We run a tailgate area around there. There were fans, and you talk to them, they're coming in from all over the, the country. And, uh, and in this case, all over the South. And so they're filling up at a time, and Michael you know, could tell you more about that, but that the hotels need business, that restaurants need business, that downtown, all the different areas, the beaches where they do all the events need that 
economic driver, and, and really they count on it each year in their budgeting. So, um, you know, the, the Gator Bowl is an, a significant part of this community because if you were to take out that business for three or four days in between Christmas and New Year's, there's a lot of companies that would struggle, um, but yet when you, when you bring teams that travel well, and certainly everybody's forming opinions of the bowl system nowadays, yeah. but... Um, but you still have fans that travel and spend money, and that's an important part for the tourism industry. Yeah, it's, it's extremely important. As Alan said, um, it was created in order to boost occupancy in hotels during the slowest week of the year. December historically is always the slowest month of the year as far as you know, number of people that are staying in hotels here in town. Well, when you have that, that reduction in occupancy, it doesn't just affect the hotels. It affects everything else connected around the hotels, all the aspects of tourism. The restaurants have less sales. The, the store sells less goods that are involved in that area of work. Um, having, we've really been lucky two years in a row. We've had great Gator Bowl teams that brought a lot of fans to town. And, um, and you know it because they show up in yeah. the team colors, and you can see right. them everywhere. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what's always separated Jacksonville from the rest of the country anyway, is when those fans get here, it's not like, what are you doing here? And Jacksonville is like, it is the thing in Jacksonville. And the week of Gator Bowl, that is the event in Jacksonville. And those fans and those um, families that come with them, they're treated like, like royalty. I mean, they, the, the city and the people in this city totally understand the value that those visitors bring to us, and, and that's why we're successful. Well, speaking of Gator Bowl, so this has got to be strategic, right? So one day, each of the teams go to Naval Station Mayport and get to go onto a ship. I mean, that, that revs up the patriotism, I'm sure. But there's also the events, the pep rallies that are out at the beach. And of course, uh, the day before and the day of the game, everything's kind of centered in downtown Jacksonville. That allows a lot of different people to benefit from what's going on with that week of the Gator Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, and, and remember, the most important thing is that the student athlete has to have a great experience coming here. They don't forget. I mean, if you sure some of the players that play in these games end up going to the NFL and beyond, you know, become superstars. For the majority of them, at least 25 percent of them, it's the last time they get to perform something they've worked on their entire life to do. So you want to make sure that last opportunity is something they'll remember forever. You want them to say to their kids, and I remember when I played in the Gator Bowl, I did blank. And that's extremely important. And that echoes out into the stands. You know, the, the alumni and, and the fans of these schools, they don't forget any great experience they had a bowl game. They remember, they remember the ones that aren't great. But um, that's why it's so important that the community buys into it and that they're supportive of it. Um, and that's why we're lucky here in Jacksonville. Is there a threat, Alan? I'd love your perspective on this. Is there a threat to the success that the Gator Bowl brings because of what's going in college football? You just you referenced it a moment ago. I think a lot of people are looking at college football and saying, boy, the bowl system is broken. Uh, so many people who typically are like, yes, for bowl games, this year were like, nah, I don't care. If my team's not one of the top four and playing on New Year's Day, uh, what do I care? That wasn't the case for the Kentucky and the Clemson fans who came for the Gator Bowl. But is there a threat to what we've got in Jacksonville because of kind of the dysfunction of so many people see in college football? You know, I, I've said I don't think the college football bowl system is broken. College football is broken. And there's a difference in that, right? So next year, everybody's complaining about this year. Well, it's going to be totally different next year. you got 12 teams going to the playoff. How do you utilize those cities within those games, right? And so that's what they're putting in place. I, I do think it is going to struggle if you're 13, 14 down the line um, of, 
Well, and you've got all these opt-outs and you've yeah. got all these different things. So that is going to be a struggle for the bowl system like the Gator Bowl. But I think uh, from the Gator Bowl's perspective, certainly Jacksonville's perspective, which is what we're talking about here, yeah. we put a great foot forward. And, and the goal would be to be one of those cities that is a part of the 12 game or uh, the 12th yeah. team playoff. Uh, if we can do that, then it brings on a whole different perspective wow. to this. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that is really good about Jacksonville is we put on a great show. Uh, Michael mentioned the student athlete welfare. That's a big deal. Money's a big deal. Um, so to these schools, and uh, it's the biggest deal, let's face sure. it. That's why we are in the position that we're in. But um, I think Jacksonville, we, sh we show off well the development that is continuing to go on in the city, which is a big part of big-time college athletics and big-time um, other athletic events. We've got to continue to expand as a community as well that allows us to bring in these types of events. The Gator Bowl, I will tell you, they've done a great job at this for years and years and years, and so they have a great name within college football. So then it's how do we incorporate ourselves inside this new system. Yeah, and it's, it's a little challenging because, um, you know, we hear a lot about the, the stadium of the future and what's going to be built. The, the timing is not perfect on those two lining up. I mean, expand to 12 teams next year at a time you're talking about rebuilding a stadium. So um, the Jaguars are all in and the administration's all in on trying to maintain and, and exceed where we are today. But it's a little bit challenging because as the playoff system expands, we're talking about potentially shutting down our stadium for at least one year, yeah. maybe two. Maybe couple, how does right? yeah? How does that affect our ability to get in that first wave of the expanded championship? Um, that'll be the toughest because um, whenever the reimagined, sta reimagined stadium is complete, if there's another opportunity to get in, it's going to be much easier because we're going to have a physical facility to be able to do that in. The unknown is not going to help us as they look at expanding the playoff system for next year. What's the, and I know you don't necessarily have uh, numbers from just this past week's game or whatever, but what's the economic impact of an event like the Gator Bowl or Florida Georgia weekend, or maybe it's those individual Sundays when the Jaguars are in town? Well, last year, the, the Gator Bowl game last year was a 15 to 18 direct economic impact in our community. 15 to 18 million dollars that wouldn't come in our community on that week of between Christmas and New Year's. That's huge. That's a huge economic impact. You lose that impact, then businesses suffer tremendously from that. And remember, and, and Alan and I were talking about this before we came in, there's so many people affected by any event that comes to town positively. Um, even if you look at the stadium, um, the people that work in the concession stands or the nonprofits that, that volunteer there or the people that help park or are the landowners around it that, that lease out their parking spaces. There's so sure. many people that are affected by any event that happens in our city positively when they come here. And that's what we get used to. You get used to the Florida-Georgia game and the Gator Bowl game always being there. When all of a sudden they're not there, what's the, how are you making up that economic impact that's going to happen? Um, there's an a negative economic impact when the stadium gets reimagined, during that period that it gets reimagined. We've got to make sure that we, and, and Al and I every day work on making sure that we're filling that void before that void ever gets here. Mm -hmm. you know? well, and I'll tell you one, yeah. one, one thing, not to jump in, but how this affects people at the town center, how it affects people. Well, those Uber drivers that no longer get big because they inflate their prices, right? So they're taking people to the, the Gator Bowl. They're taking people to a Jaguar game. They're taking people to Florida, Georgia. They get, they're going to make more money on that, right? Where are they going to take that money and going to spend it? They're spending it with their insurance agent. They're spending it at the cleaners. They're spending it in gas. They're spending it wherever. So that multiplier effect that's always used 
it's not only hurting that initial person in tourism, it's then going to suffer because they're not going to be able to spend as much at the grocery store, not going to be able to spend as much. Maybe they have to cut certain things out of their budget. That does have a trickle-down effect from a business perspective and economically with a lot of people so in this community. It's more than just hotel uh, capacity being filled up there. Well, and, and Kent, there's also a, a three-and-a-half-hour commercial about the city of Jacksonville during both of those <laughs> football games. I mean, doesn't hurt to show that beautiful river with sailboats right. and powerboats right. and, and beautiful bridges and, and, you know, great buildings and everything else. And, um, you know, Visit Jacksonville can't afford to purchase three and a half hours of, of network TV um, right. marketing in a row. So, I mean, it's, that, that's something that people don't really take into account that there's a lot of people that watch that. I mean, you, you visualize people that come here and, and have an incredible time. I mean, 90% of the people that are in Jacksonville came here from somewhere else. Um, your first visit might be one of those two games. Um, then you got the people that see it on TV and go, you know, I've never been there. It looks like it's really, it's really nice in December. There's people on the water in December. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the rest of the country going, I can't even go outside right now. Yeah. So, so the, yeah, the marketing of our, of our community during those games is important, and it helps to have a good game. you got a blowout football game. We're going to find something else to watch. You've got great games like the last two years where it goes down to the last minute, the last quarter. It just extends how long people are saying Jacksonville. Yep. So it's, it's very helpful. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about some other events beyond the football games that we've been discussing here. Uh, I know the players is something. Boy, that, that whole week leading up to and then the, the whole week of the golf tournament is something. And, yeah, lots of exposure for Jacksonville and the area, those beauty shots they show, whether that's at the beaches or downtown or whatever. Uh, but, Alan, get into this for me. You bring other events, sporting events and, and some other events, too. Uh, there's been music festivals I know you've worked on or whatever. But why are those things important, and maybe what is the future of sports tourism when it comes to those kind of events? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, we, we all think of the big staple events that are here, like the players, in addition. You know, Fur Jim Furyk and his foundation yeah. have started another one in the fall that is, that is really helpful, um, that comes with TV and all that kind of stuff. I think where sports tourism, it makes up the gap is you do have some events that may not be as big as the Gator Bowl, um, but if you have big Spartan races or, or big, um, we all talk about youth sports and how much money is being spent in the youth sports industry. Those coming, they add up over time. And if you can get a, a kind of a menu or a stable of about 12 to 15 events like that, in addition to your other events, now those big events, those, those 12 to 15 events are every bit as big, if not bigger than the one of those events. So it's like adding another huge event to your, your stable of, of, um, uh, of economic growth. But the other thing is it's all throughout the year. So it's consistent. You know, we talk about the Gator Bowl. We talk about the players, the Jaguars. Everybody knows when those are. But if you can get it, and, and the thing that is, is big in tourism that Michael and I talk about all the time is getting events in need times when, when the hotels and the restaurants need it. You know, we, we all know when those need times are. And so you sports travels 52 weeks a year, you know. And so how can we um, find those need times and marry those with those youth sporting events or, or other types of events that, um, that, that, that make sense? Going back to it, though, as a, as a city... Um, we had the great facilities when it comes to, and we will for a football stadium, arena, baseball grounds, and that. The next phase of this, as I said, and, and, and Michael and I have talked about this, is getting that, those, those, those events and those types of facilities ready so that we can attract those types of events. Yeah, and I think it's what people don't quite understand is, 
you think of Jacksonville itself, which is a very large city, but we're also looking at the counties that surround Jacksonville. For instance, Allen does a lot of work in Clay County, and they're building facilities in Clay County. Well, they have the facilities to hold the events, but they don't necessarily have the hotel rooms or even the restaurants that can support those events. So those people are coming to our community area to visit are coming into Jacksonville and spending a lot, of, a lot of money in our community. So we're all working together really on a regional approach to make this happen <clears throat> because we know that, that that regional approach is going to be much more effective than just a, working in a silo. If we just tried to fill up the arena and that's all we did, we would not be successful. It's that collaboration of, of all the different opportunities that we have and taking advantage of them. Some of them, you would assume that there'd be something there. Some places that we do events, you'd go, I never would have dreamed you would have done this event there. Yeah. I mean, a Spartan race at a, at a motocross park is, a, is, a, is an example of what we've done in the past. Is there, uh, is there a connection at all with collegiate events? Uh, colleges, I mean, you've got your teams at UNF or JU or Edward Waters or what have you, but uh, is there anything that makes that a draw, or is, is there something that allows some partnership there, or is that two separate entities? No, it, uh, definitely a partnership. Um, the best one that I can talk about today is University of North Florida's uh, track and field facility. Um, the Tourist Development Council multiple times have invested resources, capital resources, into that facility. It's now becoming known as the um, Oregon of the East, because University of Oregon has by far the best height track facility in the country. UNF is, is right behind them, and on the East Coast, it is the premier facility and continues to attract um, NCAA championships, um, whether regional championships or qualifying championships. Um, you're, we can, every day we're, get, we're talking to UNF's athletic department about another potential championship to bring to that facility because it's one of the first-class facilities in the country. Um, and, and what UNF is, is now realizing is, wait a minute, that's a huge recruitment tool for us, for students in the future. If we can bring in great uh, youth and high school running events Let's to there, see. the Bob Hayes Invitational, for the first time last year, moved to the University of North Florida. Those are students and, and, and parents that are getting exposed to university, may, may, may never even known was there, but now they're getting to see it firsthand. And the thing about college athletics, I, being the former athletic director at JU, you have teams coming in and traveling all year round to play those, those schools. So in addition to the big championships, yeah. You know, you're having a basketball team come in 14, 16 times a year, and they're booking 25 rooms for a night or two. Or with JU and UNF here, they stay, a lot of times they'll stay over and they have travel partners and all that. And so, but, you're, but it starts in the fall and it ends in the spring with baseball and softball and lacrosse and all those kinds of things. So there's a natural, if both of those schools were to go away, kiddingly, there's some hotels in those parts that would really have to, it would, it would crush them, you yeah, know? because you realize hotels can't just rely on, on people that go on their app or walk in the door. That's not how they're pro most profitable. They're most profitable when they can plan out ahead a couple of years or at least a year in advance. And that's what we do on a regular basis at Visit Jacksonville is we're providing that service at no cost to the, the, whatever entity to plan those conferences, conventions, games, whatever it might be, to get them lined up to bring them in so that hotel can say, okay, I know I had to have that minimal, minimal level of staffing because I have that event that's coming to town. And then they're able to augment that with um, reservations made on the app or made directly with the hotel property. So um, it's ex extremely important. I, that was the biggest, the hardest part of recovery from, from the pandemic was getting that business back up. Jacksonville super lucky. I mean, we had an enormous influx of tour of um, leisure tourists that came here. We were in Florida and we were open. Right. 
we, 840 square miles, you naturally thought I can spread out. I don't have to be close to somebody. Um, we've created what I call legacy tourists from that. People that never came to Jacksonville that came here during that recovery period and said, wow, this place nice. is amazing. Yeah. I, next time I come back, I want to go there. You know, they, if they came in town and didn't go to the beach, next time they want to come back and go to the beach. Or if they came to the beach, they want to go see the other side of Jacksonville the next time. So it was one of the few times that, that not having specific amenities became a huge resource and it's turned into legacy type tourists that are families are coming back over and over again which are important yeah. but so is the group environment which is finally back in teams and, and conferences and conventions well and, and you you referenced uh, being able to uh, take the next step in terms of facilities for youth sports you know, I, I hadn't planned on talking about this but of course there's uh, Jacksonville soccer uh, team that's saying hey we're gonna do this we're gonna build some facilities or whatever as those kind of things happen, uh, I would imagine your your brains go to, hmm, <laughs> how can we partner? How can we make this better for everybody, right? Yeah. No, you, yeah. yeah. Because um, there's two entities, and both of them are talking about more than just a stadium. They're talking about building something that's going to be more valuable than, I mean, obviously any new venue is important, but what's around that venue is e even more important. So how, how, many, how many soccer games can you put on at one time and then have a championship game inside the stadium itself? So yeah, it's, it's extremely important. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you look at the sport of lacrosse, how much it's grown. You know, you've got all these big, I mean, we know baseball, the softball, the soccers and all that. Um, and I think that's where Jacksonville, we talk about this all the time, we have to get into that next cycle we don't have a lot of those types of facilities and so we have to be very creative you know the 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 great thing about Jacksonville is we're really creative sometimes the bad thing is we have to be really creative right and so it does it does entertain your creative thoughts um, but the thing that about about sports tourism and youth sports and all that those of us in the business are convinced that if we if and when we are going to get those types of facilities it just becomes a home run in bringing these types of events to Jacksonville. We've already done, we collectively, we have a great beaches, we have a great community, we have a great downtown, we've got a great everything. Now it's once you add that we got great hotels, we got great restaurants. Now you add that final piece of facilities that is top notch in, in some of the sports that we need to be getting into. Then it just becomes a home run. And people always say the moment Jacksonville turns a switch on that, Y'all better watch out. And so that's, that's part of the focus right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and we haven't even touched on senior sports, adaptive sports. I mean, there's so many types of sports that um, are not, in my opinion, not being fully utilized by the majority of uh, destinations around the country. We know how to be the best at what we do. The Players' Championship exists because we put on the best golf tournament as a Greater Jacksonville Open, and it mushroomed into the players. So um, we know how to take an idea, and we know how to welcome people when they get here. I mean, the one thing, the difference in Jacksonville and every other community in the country is the people. And the, when you come here, I mean, if, if you think about it, if you're listening to this podcast, why do you live here? Yeah. Well, you live here because you came, and you just, I can't really tell you what it is about it, but I just didn't <laughs> want to leave. I mean, I, I went to one of to the Jaguars, you know, community meetings. Um, followed that, Mark Lamping came to a Rotary meeting I attended. At the end of the presentation, the question was, um, Mr. Lamping, how's the family? I thought, what a stupid question. And Mark's answer was, they're fantastic. He goes, I came here, to Shot Khan hired me to come do a job, and I moved here. He goes, I'm staying here. Most of my family has moved here. When I retire, I'm going to yeah. stay here. That happens a thousand times a month. Yeah. And what is it? No, none of us can really figure out what it is. It's the people. 
And so if we can bring championships or sporting events here and they get a taste of the people of Jacksonville, it's not hard to keep them. It's just hard to get them here the first yeah. time. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate talking through this. Uh, Michael Corrigan from Visit Jacksonville, Alan Verlander, Airstream Ventures. I knew we would have a good <laughs> conversation uh, on this, and so I, I appreciate it. And for all of you, we're constantly working to bring you more interviews like this that are focused on economic development uh, in and growth in our region. So thanks for joining us today. You're going to find more episodes like this right now on News for Jacks Plus. And uh, thanks for joining us for this week in Jacksonville Business Edition.